Today's episode is called Give Me a Teachable Spirit. We're going to be talking about how we respond to criticism or um, someone coming to us and saying, hey, I see something, you want to know about it? And uh, we're going to see what benefits we can reap if we actually listen to them versus getting upset or defensive or turning the other way. Hey, it's Amber L.B. Swenson, wife, mother, warrior, overthinker, type A, holding on to God and his promises to get me through the day. Thanks for joining me to explore everyday issues from a biblical perspective so we can all know and love God more. So I have to tell you that back in 2016, I think, I took a personality test. I was working um, for a certain group at the time that required or asked all of us to take a personality test. We paid for it. And I found out that my number one strength is strategy. And I've got a pretty big visionary component. And in case you didn't know, that is a horrible combination. (laughs) And this is why. It means that you can see what needs to be done. You can see the cracks, the chinks, the the problems, and you can also see how to get past those. Now, in and of itself, those things are not bad at all. In fact, they can serve you very, very well if you use them appropriately. The problem is that I have found over the course of many years that people hate you if you have these traits. Even if you're trying to be nice, even if you're just trying to suggest, a lot of people don't want to hear how they can improve anything. They don't want to learn about how they can improve their business. They certainly don't want you saying, hey, I think if you might have approached that a little differently, you would have gotten a different response. People aren't open to that. Amazingly, a lot of people aren't open to that. I have learned this so well over the course of especially the last five years um, in terms of people have made me very well aware. They don't want to hear it. They don't care about my opinions. They don't need to know. (laughs) They'll let me know when they care about what I have to say. So it's kind of a um, one of those things that is its own uh, thorn, really, to be able to see things and yet not, you know, very many people want to hear about it. This just happened to me again yesterday. So about two months back, maybe three months back now, I had gone to a couple of good friends of mine and um, we were chatting and I was just mentioning something that I was seeing and I could see exactly what was coming down the pipe and how, how we should fix it and what could help. And I was even saying I could draw up a list of things that could really be effective here in this situation. So I sent a quick email off to the person in charge And I got zero response. So this is uh, definitely a a response in and of itself because this person typically responds very quickly to my emails. So I knew in the no response, that was a response like, stay out of it, it's not your business. Fast forward two or three months, and this same person emailed me with this, 
oh man, this is happening and this is really hard. And I kind of responded back after thinking for a while. I took several hours to think and I said, yeah, that's sort of what some of us saw coming. And, you know, it's hard, but the Lord is going to be in this. And and what happened? And again, no response. So that was my reminder that, Amber, they don't want to hear anymore. And this is not unusual. In fact, this is super, super typical. So Daniel, in the Old Testament, we're told that he had wisdom intact and he was able to interpret dreams and he was able, these were gifts that God had given him. God had given him, God made it clear to say that he had made Daniel this way for a specific purpose. And Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and he wanted it interpreted. And so Daniel Daniel came to him with the interpretation, which was, by the way, that Nebuchadnezzar would be cut down, he would be driven away to live with the wild animals, to eat grass with the animals. And then Daniel added, as if he couldn't help himself, he said in Daniel chapter 4, O king, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be then that your prosperity will continue. Did Nebuchadnezzar listen? Nope. (laughs) In fact, the next thing we read is that Nebuchadnezzar is driven away and living with the wild animals and eating grass. And uh, Daniel's words were wasted. But it wasn't just Daniel. The Apostle Paul was being taken to Rome as a prisoner, and they were on a ship, and it was slow going. It was in the fall of the year, and so they finally got to this little place in Crete that's uh, Fair Havens, and Paul said, you know, guys, this is not good. In fact, if we continue on, it's going to result in the loss of the ship and the cargo and maybe even life. But the centurion, the pilot, and the owner of the ship, they wanted to go just a bit further up the coast to Phoenix, which was a better place to winter the ship. And um, so, of course, they went and trudged ahead. What happened? (laughs) They got into this terrible, terrible storm. In fact, my Concordia self-study Bible has a note that said that the, this nor'easter was a typhoon-like east-northeast wind that drove the ship away from their destination. So they ended up having to, you know, put ships around, uh, ropes around the ship to keep it together. They threw their tackle overboard. They went days and days and days seeing neither the sun or the stars. If you can even imagine it being so gray, dark, whatever, that you don't know if it's day or night because it all looks the same. How absolutely terrifying that would be. And finally, after many, many days when the the men hadn't eaten and they were all worried sick and they didn't know where they were at and they didn't know if they were going to survive, the Apostle Paul finally said, men, you should have taken my advice. (laughs) Now, why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because of a couple reasons. First of all, it is totally and completely normal for us to not see what's right in front of us. Okay, that's why Jesus said, 
Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Jesus is saying most of us can see the other guy's problem, but not so much our own. In fact, I think the only one who doesn't see your weaknesses is you. And the same is true for me. Everybody else can see exactly what I struggle with. In fact, they're probably having conversations about it behind my back. I, uh, One of the things that I have gone through uh, quite a bit in the last year is cleaning out my house. So when everything slowed down and I wasn't able to go anywhere, I realized that we just had this enormous amount of stuff that just kept me from keeping my house clean. And so, you know, methodically, my husband and I have been going through rooms and really getting rid of stuff and downsizing and what have you. And I bet you the majority of people that have been in my house over the past 10 years could have said to you, man, they've got a lot of stuff. (laughs) If I would have asked anyone and said, what do I need to do in order to keep my house cleaner? They probably would have said, it really helps if you whittle it down to the bare necessities. But for some reason, either I didn't hear it or they didn't say it or a combination of the two because that's just the way it is. Everybody else can see our weaknesses and our shortcomings And the way that we're screwing something up, even when we can't. So what do we do with this? That's the real question. Well, when I entered college, I went to school for creative writing. And so most of my fiction workshops, poetry workshops, they were all in a workshop, a writing workshop format, which means that we all, you know, had some piece of writing that we switched with everybody. We gave our writing out to all the other members of the class. They read it and then we discussed it. And let me tell you what I learned from day one in my writer's workshops. The teachers taught us that if we wanted to learn anything, we needed to sit there quietly and listen to what people had to say about our writing. The strongest urge was to defend everything you had done. Well, this is why I did this. Or I put this here because I thought, you're not going to learn anything if you do that. If you want to actually become a good writer, you listen. You learn. You take all the comments into consideration. Do you do everything that everybody said no? But is it helpful to hear I think this would be a stronger piece if you did ABC. Yeah, there's so much to learn when you listen to what other people say. And in the book of Proverbs, this is a major, major theme. It comes up over and over again. So in Proverbs 12.1, we read, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. So the discipline is that, is that means of 
learning from experience. So you get the praise when you do something well. You have the negative reaction. You have the punishment when you do something negatively. So if you love discipline and if you learn from your experiences, like, wow, that is not the thing to do because that really turned out bad, (laughs) then you can save yourself a ton of pain. And if not, well, that's just stupid. Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. So you have to ask yourself, do you just want to go your own way? Because that's the way of the fool. Or are you going to listen to the people around you and learn from them? Proverbs ten seventeen says, He who heeds discipline shows the way to life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. That's a big part of this. Listen, if we don't listen and learn from others, we could be leading our family astray. We could be leading our friends astray. I don't want to do that. So here's the nuts and bolts. Proverbs 9, verses 7 to 10 say this. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they'll hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous, and they will add to their learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. We will all fit into one of three categories. We will be the mocker. The mocker is the person saying, you can't tell me what to do. Who do you think you are? Who gave you the right to correct me? And depending on the day, I just might be a mocker. So even, you know, your children might be saying to you, hey, I see a better way of doing this. Have you ever thought about instead of doing it this way, we could do it this way? And I have found my kids have some pretty smart ideas. Am I always open to them? Nope. (laughs) Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I say to my children, listen, when you have your own home, you do it that way. Right now, I'm going to just keep doing this way because I don't have the energy to change. Uh, Not smart, but some of us, depending on the day, we can be the mocker. Now, we can be the wicked, and I hope we're not. But the wicked are people who don't care about God's ways. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to know the truth of God's word. They reject it, and they deny God's ways completely. And they're going to abuse you if you try to tell them a better way, especially if that better way has anything to do with God's word and God's ways. And then there's the wise. They will love you because they want to be wiser. They want to learn. They're the ones saying, listen, if you see a better way, please tell me because I know that you will save me so much time and energy, and I don't want to go down the wrong path. So if you see me going the wrong way, just tell me before I get too far. In fact, by the way, that's one of the prayers that I love to pray with my family. When we are praying at night, I like to pray that God would keep us on a short leash. 
And by that, I mean, it. and I pray, Lord, if we're starting to go the wrong way, would you please turn us around before we get too far down the wrong path? I don't want to be knee deep before I figure out I'm into something I shouldn't be in. I want you to be biting my ankles if I'm going the wrong direction. You stop me like right now. Turn me around because I, I've i gone the wrong way too many times and I don't need that kind of pain and drama and everything else. This is what I want you to know. I want you to know that none of us are perfect, but we can spare ourselves a lot of tears if we're willing to listen to others. We can be better for it. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. If we are open to being corrected, we can find the better ways. We can save ourselves time, energy. We don't have to go down that path. And listen, so many people in the Bible show us this is how it is best. The Apostle Paul always had people around him. He rarely, I don't know if he ever traveled alone, but we're always reading about him being with people. And when it came to the ride in Ephesus, his friends saved his life likely. He wanted to go out and talk to the crowd and his friends were like, you can not go out to this crowd. They absolutely refused to let him go out there. And they very likely may have saved his life because of it. Having good and godly friends around you who will say to you, absolutely not, you cannot go down this path. And this is why. And knowing that they are looking out for your best interest. They want what is for your best and they just want to spare you. Daniel, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I love how we see, you know, early on they're supporting each other and we see them praying together in chapter two. And it's just a beautiful, these were some of the wisest men alive at the time. And yet they were, they were together and they were praying together. And it's not like they felt like they could stand on their own two feet and they didn't need anybody else. David, when he was king, had his advisors. He had people around us. So if If these people who did some amazing work and were in high positions, if they had advisors and trusted people around them who they relied on, how much more don't I need that? This is what I want you to feel. I want you to be okay being corrected. And it's not always going to feel good. It's not always going to be like, hey, thanks so much. You spared me. There are times when your spirit is going to drop. Like, oh, I don't want to do something different. Oh, that takes way too much energy. I don't even, I don't even want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about another shortcoming of mine. I want you to feel like you can be open to this. So maybe it will take you a little bit of time to process. It's okay. Just listen. Just listen to your children. Listen to your friends. Remember, we're all on the same team here. So unless they are out to get you, and I don't know your friends and I don't know your children. So, I mean, I I can't say for certain that they're not. But if you have people around you, you can trust. 
I want you to feel okay being corrected. And this is what I want you to do. If someone comes to you with a better way, I want you to listen. Tell them you'll think about it. Tell them you'll pray about it. You don't have to do it. Just tell them you'll think about it and pray about it. It might take a little time. You might come around eventually. Or, you know, maybe it's not actually good advice for you. I don't know. But at least listen to it. Be open to it. Now, if you see something in someone else, pray. Pray that God would give you the words and an opportunity to tell that person. And then test the water. Just like when I sent that first email saying, you know, hey, I see something. You want to chat? Test the water. Listen, if they don't want to chat, if that's their response, total silence, you've done your part. Okay? It's okay. Then you pray. You you say, okay, Lord, either I'm not the one to help in this situation or they're not ready to hear it. And so that's that's up to you to change their heart. And then if they are open to hearing about a different way, use tact. Tact is being sensitive in the words that you choose and choosing words careful, carefully, being humble and transparent that you don't have all the answers. Um, you certainly don't think that your way is best all the time, but you just noticed something and there may be a, a better way. And do you mind if I propose it? And, you know, if they're open to even listening, then thank them for being open to it and and continue to be humble and transparent. Um, I just think as a Christian community, if we take these Proverbs to heart, and if we are open to being teachable, we could be stronger. Because I have to think that God doesn't give us our strengths for us to waste them, or for us to hide them, or to never use them. I think there's definitely something to learning to not blurt out, you know, every time you see something that someone is doing wrong, don't don't blurt it out. And please do not follow someone around telling them everything they are doing wrong. That is a sure way to ruin a friendship or a relationship. If it's with your your kids or whatever. I mean, that's that's not what this is about. This is about having the grace to be with people and to live life together even when it's messy. And yet if you see somebody going down a path that looks like it could be harmful, if you could spare them from the pain and agony of ending up in a situation they don't want to be in, tactfully and graciously approach them and ask them if you can maybe give them your two cents. And when you can, hallelujah, then pray that the Lord helps them. And when you can't, then just pray anyway. That the Lord helps them and softens their heart and maybe even tells them the same message through someone else. And um, that way, you know, maybe they can still learn and maybe they can still be wiser. And it doesn't have to come through you. The Lord can use anybody for his purposes. I hope that this encourages you to be teachable. And um, I hope it encourages me to uh, try to be tactful and remember that I 
don't have to tell everybody everything all the time. I can just um, remember that as the Lord gives me uh, opportunity to put a little something in here or there, to sprinkle a little bit, and then just keep praying. But we'll all be better off if we're teachable. This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Thank you for listening. And for those of you who have been listening for any amount of time, thanks for your support and encouragement through this last year. I really appreciate it. If you could think of one person who might benefit from this message today, would you consider sharing it with them? And would you take the time to rate and review this podcast? It helps it become more visible to other people and just gets the word out that we're here.